This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hello, this is Bernie Mason, RMA's regulatory liaison. Recently, the Office of the Controller of the Currency issued a bulletin entitled Fraud Risk Management Principles. And while the bulletin is directed toward institutions directly supervised by the OCC, the principles contained in this bulletin actually apply to all insured depository institutions. The bulletin begins with a discussion of the various types of fraud, including internal and external fraud, first-party fraud, and victim fraud. And the bulletin reminds us that fraud risk is a form of operational risk. The bulletin then moves into a discussion of risk governance for fraud, and it states that strong governance is of paramount importance to controlling the bank's exposure to fraud, and a strong corporate culture against fraud is crucial regardless of a bank's size or complexity. The tone at the top sets the foundation on which the bank operates, and board and senior management have a responsibility to lead by example and demonstrate that the bank is serious about promoting ethical behavior to deter and prevent fraud. A board-adopted code of ethics or code of conduct should encourage the timely communication and escalation of suspected fraud through the appropriate oversight channel. And the OCC states that while the board is ultimately responsible for oversight, it may delegate fraud risk risk management-related duties to specific committees such as the Audit Committee or the Operational Risk Committee. However, the board should hold management accountable for effective fraud risk management and alignment of any fraud efforts with the bank's strategy, objectives, risk appetite, and operational plan. The bulletin next discusses risk management, and it states that sound risk management principles should be integrated within the bank's risk management system commensurate with the bank's size, complexity, and risk profile. Bank management should periodically assess the likelihood and impact of potential fraud schemes and use the documented results of this assessment to inform the design of the bank's risk management system and evaluate fraud control activities. It states that policy should clearly define, establish, and communicate the board's and senior management's commitment to fraud risk management. Processes should be designed to anticipate fraud and deploy a combination of preventive and detective controls. It states that detective controls are important because even with strong governance and oversight, collusion or circumvention of internal controls can allow fraud to occur. Some practices and controls may be both preventive and detective in nature, and the bulletin goes on to list certain types of both preventive and detective controls. Next, the bulletin discusses fraud risk measurement and monitoring and it states that senior management should understand the bank's exposure to fraud risk 
and associated losses across all business lines and functions and use this information to effectively monitor and manage fraud risk. It states that the board should receive regular reporting on the bank's fraud risk assessment, resulting exposure to fraud risks and associated losses to enable directors to understand the bank's fraud risk profile. Reporting should allow management and directors to measure performance and practices can include benchmarking current fraud losses against loss history or industry data. The bulletin then goes on to list certain examples of metrics and analysis that banks can use in this area. The bulletin then discusses fraud response and reporting, and it states that a bank's policies, processes, and control systems should prompt appropriate and timely investigations into and reporting of suspected and confirmed fraud. Banks should have processes for internal investigations, law enforcement referrals, regulatory notifications, and reporting. And it reminds us that a bank is required to file a SAR for known or suspected fraud meeting certain regulatory thresholds. The bulletin concludes with a discussion of reviews and audits. And it states that a bank should design and perform reviews and audits specific to its size, complexity, organizational structure, and risk profile. Reviews and audits should be designed to assess the effectiveness of the bank's internal controls and fraud risk management. And it states that effective internal and external audit programs are a critical defense against fraud and provide vital information to the board of directors about the effectiveness of internal control systems. And it states that reviews and audits would typically include the following, quality assurance and quality control reviews, independent risk management reviews, internal and external audits, retrospective reviews, and third-party relationship audits. The complete bulletin can be accessed on the OCC's website. Thank you very much for listening.